Hi, I'm Alex, and I am super duper. You are totally. I oh totally agree with this. He's, he's absolutely. Keep it. And wait, who are the rest of you? <laughs> well, this is your show today. Oh, okay. Totally. This is the Super Alex show. We're just oh, here finally. for support. <laughs> the control and power. And then we will dominate the conversation, right, my Doc? Veins. Absolutely. Right. This is what they do. Like they sets me up and then interrupts me the whole time. Failure is imminent. <laughs> uh oh. All right, so I am the junkie again. You can be the junkie, then that makes me natural. Naturally ninja. The natural uh, ninja doctor. You, yes, ninja right. doctor. That's Dr. Dennis. And we are the supernatural the <laughs> junkies. <laughs> wow. Woo! Take 95. <laughs> I am Alex, and I'm super. And I'm Dr. Kevin, and I'm the natural. <laughs> His voice cracked. And I am Pastor Rob, and I'm still a junkie. And we are the, the Supernatural super Junkies. junkies. That yeah, wasn't bad. That's that was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yep. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Supernatural Junkies. This is Alex. <clears throat> well, I'm a little hoarse right now. Suddenly, she lost her voice. Now is oh, my no. perfect opportunity to jump in and... <laughs> dominate all the conversations it's his heart's desire as yes. usual we yeah. also have high hanging fruit did i mention you were low hanging does that fruit? mean i'm low hanging fruit today? yes you are wait uh, but you're good. the one with the horse voice um <clears throat> i guess i'm on my high horse oh she's <laughs> got her high horse back i can see that <laughs> well, temporary yeah. vulnerability you do all the talking you introduce our special guest then well we have pastor mark culligan and if you didn't get a chance to hear Woo-hoo. his last episode um one of the most honest portrayals of what what it's like to, to live with some of the struggles of homosexuality and then to come out of that and find a purposeful, meaningful life with Jesus Christ, with family, with friends, and in a ministry that is changing people's lives every day. So uh, welcome, acceptance. Mark. Yes, welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Well, and last time we got to talk a lot about his story, but we didn't want to leave it there because... Like many of us, our personal stories lead us somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has really led to uh, working with New Hearts Outreach in Tampa Bay. And uh, we talked about that moment where he was finally able to share his testimony. But when was it that you finally started to be able to share your testimony more often or maybe realize that you were actually being called into ministry? So for the first time, I shared my testimony in a prison. Uh, it came to pass, and the folks that I interacted with said, you need to move to Tampa and uh, get to know Pastor Abe Brown, uh, a black pastor who was a teacher in the schools uh, in Tampa Bay. And so I went to see Pastor Abe, and I said, the Lord is calling me to write letters to prisoners in prisons. Uh, And um, what do you think about that, Pastor Abe? And without hesitation, he said, Mark, I want you to show up on Sunday at my church. 
I want you to announce a ministry to the gay community. My team travels into all the prisons around the state of Florida, and I want <laughs> you to share your testimony. Wow. wow. <laughs> and so, and he said, we can't give you any money, but they had several transition homes. So I moved into the hood in one of the transition homes, and I was the, one of the house managers, which wow. was really very interesting. These big uh, hulks would come out of prison, and uh, they'd say, oh, what is your ministry, Mark? <laughs> and uh, we, get, we had some chuckles with all of that. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> that was the beginning of New Hearts Outreach. And um, <clears throat> so why did you call it New Hearts Outreach? Because I saw this scripture in Ezekiel 36, 26 that said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I felt like that sort of was what was going on in my own journey, that God took my mess and transformed it piece by piece, not a quick journey over time. And so I just decided to use that scripture as the basis for the title. Yeah, it's that's beautiful. a great, great scripture. It's true, too. You think about what can change the heart and the spirit of a person, and it really is only God. You yeah. know, and you talked about that long journey. That's what I want you guys, if you didn't get a chance to hear that, go back and listen, because what we're talking about here is a lifelong journey that God doesn't give up on us. Right. Mark speaks with such vulnerability and honesty. It's really moving. Kevin and I, I mean, we cried at least three times in that episode because he was just so willing to be open and honest with us. It's beautiful. So you guys have to listen to that episode. Well, thank you. Um, but God takes our mess and he promises to help us. So, yeah. So we started the ministry. So A. Brown then said, why don't you start a ministry? And so go to the church on Sunday and we'll announce it and we'll give you a room here. They had a complex of several buildings and they had several transition homes. And they said, we'll give you a room where you can have a, an outreach wow. uh, to those that struggle. And Pastor Abe had a heart for the gay community but he felt uh, helpless to do anything as he took his team into the prisons. So I probably have shared my testimony in most of the state prisons here in Florida. Uh, and uh, I was so encouraged. It was a black man mm -hmm. who invited me to start a ministry. Wow. Uh, and um, uh, <clears throat> I started to say, and I'll go ahead and say it, very often our, uh, very often our nice white uh, pastors and friends, you know, they're polite and they're kind of gracious, but the message you get is, don't call me, I'll call you. you know? Yes. Uh, Amen. It's not really very comfortable. I for... think that that's the kind of truth we need to hear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, this is what it can be like. And the truth is, in all honesty, haven't we all felt that? Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's why Christianity is not a second chance. You know, I want to tell you what God did since then, but guess what? I still completely fall down sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, if I can't be real about that, right, then who's really the hero of that story, right? And you start to realize the fact that I am still still me, but seeing these changes, then God gets to really be the, getting the glory here. And that's what's so powerful about being able to live in really honesty with other people. 
Absolutely. Uh, that's when we begin to appreciate the mercy of the Lord. Amen. You know? The mercy of God is everlasting. It goes on and on. It never stops. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. We all continue to fall in one way or another. I read somewhere that all have sinned and fall short. Did I get it right? I think you did. Yeah. What, where'd you read that? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, so Pastor Abe said, we want you to start a ministry. We'll give you a cubicle in our office. We'll give you room to start meeting. And we want you to join our team. So at one moment in time, I moved to the hood. Right. And I was there seven years with Abe Brown Ministries and doing um, prison ministry. And we started having meetings weekly. So what, what did that look like? I know you got to go to some of those prisons what did it look like as far as like when you, because I know some of those prisons you couldn't get to on a weekly basis. So what, when you got that testimony, what did that look like as far as the, the prison side of this? So uh, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what to expect, but there is a building or a location in most state prisons that's called the chapel. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of different denominational groups and cultural groups that use it. But there is an established a Christian community. These guys that are in prison, mm -hmm. some of them have been led to trust Jesus as their savior. And so there's always a group there waiting. They're on their own journey. And we would go in and have a church service. Uh, and then there was a time when they wanted us to minister in lockup. And so on these occasions, these were folks that had a bit more difficulties than some of the others and so we just had a slit in the steel door you know that we kind of ministered through the slit in the door uh, and um, it was the most uh, transformational experience in my life uh, there were the guys that were inside so-called and we were coming in but you know we were all on the same page because we all had brokenness. You know, there was, there was no superiority. And I mean, we could talk straight one to the other, you know. In fact, they told us, don't do, don't do religious, don't do spiritual, you know, talk straight to these people. And so it was so refreshing that we got, got to have a real conversation you know, about their stuff. I know when my wife and I got married, I had to learn to stop speaking Christianese, <laughs> you know, in yeah. our conversations. Because sometimes you're like, we completely lose people when we start to talk that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> we started in 1999. And uh, I was actually operating under the ministry of uh, Abram Ministries for a few years then eventually we formed our own board of directors and got our 501c3 our nonprofit and so now our ministry is about 23 years old so that was kind of a picture of the start of the ministry it actually started in the hood and for those of you that aren't familiar uh, that stands for neighborhood and it's kind of a, a colloquial black expression that's often used um, but um, yeah I, I, I mean it in the most sincere way yeah uh, it's just the way they talk yep uh, and um, and I say right here and now 
that it was a black pastor mm -hmm. who said, I want to support the start of your ministry. Wow. Thank you to the Afro-American community. Yep. Yes. And I would attend church services on Sunday in this black church, and they're more emotional. And you know, when we go through transformation from homosexuality, we stuff part of the way God has made us. And so because of their more relaxed, emotional approach to mm -hmm. worship and so on, it gave me permission to let down my guard, wow. my mask, so that I could be free right. and I could own the emotional. You know, there's a good emotion and there's a, a not so good emotion. But I learned in that community, the black community, that I had shut off part of my emotional stuff because I guess I was trying to be a man. I was trying to be, to be reserved, you know, tough yeah. or whatever, you know, and it's so I got to act a certain way. And it was so ingrained. But the Lord extended grace in that black church and said, what are you doing? You know. I made you. I don't make mistakes. That's right. Be yourself. Amen. You know, worship me with fullness. That's right. And so it was part of my healing that God put me in a black community. Mm. Anyway. Uh, I, I can't help but have to, I have to put my finger on that because think about that. You just told me that part of your healing was, was worship, but worshiping in spirit and in truth. Exactly what the Bible says. And right. you didn't know that you weren't worshiping in spirit and truth until you started to see other people worship a little differently. Right. And think about this. This is one of the most intimidating things sometimes between church denominations is just the styles of worship, you know? And so we need to realize that it's okay as long as you're worshiping God in spirit and truth. And I know, you know, like for example, I had some good buddies when I was doing Young Life in Georgia and, you know, they're very reserved in how they're worshiping. But I mean, they were worshiping, <laughs> you know, that that was just innate to them. But you could see for you, it just was able to really change something inside of you. Yes, part of my healing. Yep. I also want to point out what you said is that, you know, the way that you are, you are not a mistake. So anyone that's listening to Amen. this right now that maybe is struggling, hear that. You are not a mistake. That's God right. didn't make a mistake with you. There's nothing wrong with that sensitivity or that, that expressive side of yourself. You're not a mistake. That's right. Amen. Cool. Yeah, thank you for that. <clears throat> so, um, and added to this piece of the discussion, so God, this is part of the uh, part of us that is revealed and released. You know, when we're in homosexuality or any false identity trying to fit, we're trying to find a place where we fit, some part of our personhood is closed off. Absolutely. And so part of healing is like this peace and worship in the black church. I had the freedom and gosh, I, I have felt good parts of me come forward in my healing that I didn't realize were even there. Amen. And wow. this is exciting. It is. Yeah. In God's hands, you can trust. Let him lead the way. That's Amen. Right. Yeah. So as you start to move, you know, the prison ministry, is that still stuff you're doing pretty regularly? Or? Not so much recently, okay. no. So what does this look like, your ministry outside of prison? What are you, where are you being led now? 
Yeah. Well, for 23 years, we have offered the hope of the gospel to those who struggle with same-sex attraction, but really anything. Uh, and again, our mission statement is glorifying God by connecting the sexually and relationally challenged to Jesus Christ. And which that's that feels like all of us. It feels, um, it's right. all of ever, us. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say that uh, a huge part of our clientele are parents because parents come to us, you know, and they say, "Hey, my 14-year-old came home from school and told me he was gay," and they said, "You're gay? What are you talking about?" But Parents grow and are transformed in this process. It's the most beautiful thing to see. Mm, amen. Because parents, in the process of going through the process with their child, recognize some rough edges that they have to deal with. Yeah. That's right. And so we're seeing whole family uh, restoration in the process amen. of our work, That's which beautiful. is so uh, so exciting. Yeah. So where am I going? Are we telling, uh, I'm telling Tell me what, um, what we do in the ministry? How about yep, that? Yep. What we offer. So for 23 years, we have offered one-on-one -on -one discipleship and healing prayer. And we have a special type of prayer that we offer on Tuesday evenings. By the way, we do not charge for any of our services. Money will not hold back anyone who comes to us for help. But on Tuesday evenings, we have a separate prayer team, and we approach this with a listening model of prayer. God knows everybody's story. We don't. And so we actually have a prayer in the beginning of our session where we quiet ourselves and we actually listen. We actually listen for God's voice. Mm -hmm and he guides the session. And so uh, there is forgiveness that has to happen, all the classic recovery pieces. Yeah. And so he guides that. So yeah, so we do one-on-one -on -one discipleship. I currently mentor guys coming out of homosexuality. I actually have a few internationals who knew. They found us on, on the web. I have a guy from, um, uh, Mm, South Africa, Nigeria, another one from the Netherlands, another one from Abu Dhabi. They just find us. And this message needs to get out. Here are young men who are coming to us and saying, hey, guess what? I tried this. I believe the lie, but I don't like it. Mm. I don't want this for my life. Can you help me? What we hear is everybody's going there, you know? Mm. But there is a whole nother message about a group of folks who have tried it, and they're saying, no, thank you. I don't want it. Um, wow. And so we're able to help them. Well, for all those four listeners in Nigeria and uh, those two in Abu Dhabi, if you need help with this, <laughs> you know, check out the website, right? Yeah. Um, we'll have his email and phone number available for you to call, leave a voicemail with your phone number, any information, then get a hold of you. <clears throat> yeah. What a, what a pleasure for me. What an honor for me to encourage guys. And right. only God could turn, you heard the story, all of that mess, only God could turn that around such that I now look forward to encouraging guys in the word. It's discipleship. Wow. But um, anyway, 
Uh, so discipleship and healing prayer, we refer to licensed and or pastoral counseling. If, you're, if you were somebody that was looking, you know, not local here, and you were, what are some of the things that, let's say this person wants to get some professional help, what are some of the things that they might want to look for? How do you, you mean like in a counselor? Well, we do everything via Zoom now, so yeah. we can go around the world as okay, far as that great. concerned. Yeah. Um, but we would refer to vetted, licensed Christian counselors that we refer to. Uh, we have a national covering organization, Restored Hope Network, uh, that has a locator of ministries like ours all around the world. And so they can go to RestoredHopeNetwork.org mm. and uh, they can find a ministry wherever, you know, the closest ministry to them. Mm-hmm. So that's a function that we have. We, you know, refer, we locate ministries for folks and get ministries closer to where they are to them for helping. Uh, there are a whole lot of us out there. We're not just this one odd ministry in Tampa, you right. know. No. Whole, and here's a, a website you have to make a note of: changedmovement.com. This speaks the message that a whole lot of folks have changed. Changedmovement.com. Again, we're not just this oddball, you know, isolated ministry. Uh, there are a whole lot of folks who wanted out, did not like it, wanted to leave. And so that option is out there. This in no way judges others who are comfortable with their gay identity. This is right. America. Uh, America, they can make a choice to go there. But there is another option, and that's what we share here today. Yeah, Because you don't know that. I mean, you never hear that side of it, that there is another option, that yeah. there are actually people that are struggling, you know, not happy with that decision, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we live in a world now to where so much of um, whether you're happy or not with it, it's almost encouraged in schools and in young people. Mm-hmm. And so you have to imagine that you are going to be very busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're sa- not now, you're going to get, and even yeah. if you are, you're going to get exponentially busier. Yeah. Well, the sad truth is, is that, just look at how many horror stories of young people that had sex reassignment surgery, right? Coming out uh, and absolutely... As children. As children. Really, they did it as, as children, children and they come out later. And I mean, I mean it's more girls. the number of yeah. suicides among that group is, is tragic, Yeah. right? Recently, I was made aware of an interview that Tucker Carlson yes, did. Yes, he's doing a series. <laughs> Uh, and it was a 23-year-old yep, young sorry. woman. Did mm-hmm. you see that piece? I did. And she talked about the struggle, and she was looking at the range of genders that are offered, you know, and she said, well, I tried to fit into this one, and that didn't work, and I tried to fit into that one, and that didn't work, and she finally came to her senses and said, what am I doing here? This is insanity. So this young woman had grace, to wake up to the reality and she was saved all that trauma going through all that craziness she didn't do anything that was permanent as unlike a lot of the people that he's going to be interviewing they've made permanent changes and now they want to go back and she said the reason one of the reasons because i did see this part was that um (laughs) she was told at a very young age in school that if they asked her have you ever been uncomfortable with your body if you have that's a sign (laughs) y'all um what person from, is from like a 50 something year old woman i'm still uncomfortable with my body like that's just life i mean I, isn't that life i mean 
Yeah. For God's sakes, we're not perfect. Um, so you're always going to have some discomfort with your body. That's a ridiculous sign. That's not a sign that's normal. That's called what everybody feels about their body, especially at a very young age because you're going, it's weird hairs are popping up in places that you might not have expected or like. And then you weird smells are happening when you sweat. It's like, it's a lot of weird stuff happening to your body. Of course you're uncomfortable. That's not a sign. That's normal. Well, we do still have some, you know, where masculine things can be inflated, meaning they could be made too attractive. And I think that's why a lot of women are thinking about making changes. But then you look at how much, you know, from pornography to cosmopolitan, the image of women, you know, in our society, women feel like they can't compete with that. But who's making, okay, but we need to look at the bigger picture of who's making that image attractive. Because it's not, by the way, women, it's not women. It's not women that are in control of those Hollywood images that are coming out that are like, that's what an attractive woman looks like, that are defining those goals. By the way, that's Satan. But um, in saying that a woman has to be sexually liberated like a man, that you, you know, and and like motherhood is not natural. And um, those are, I mean, that is such a complex psychological issue that goes far deeper than this we could get into in this podcast. But I don't believe that those images are one. That image of the ultimate attractive woman is created by a woman. I think that's Hollywood pushing that down our throats. Because if you look at the Cardi B's and the little Kim's and the Kim Kardashian's, how much surgery have they had to achieve that look? Okay. It's not natural. It's not. So would a woman just say, you know what? I want to um, do this to myself to be the ultimate sexual object. Because ultimately that's the end game. Well, at some point you're going to age out of it. And what are you left with? Um, And that's the side I don't think they're thinking about. Because when you're no longer sexually attractive to men, and at some point it kind of happens for all of us. You're not always like a sex symbol, let's be honest. You know, there's an age that's hot and then it's no longer, right? They're like, please put it away, cover it up. It happens. That's life. It even happens for men. It's not just a woman thing. But then what? Because if that's what you're basing yourself forth on, you are left hollow and empty because that's no longer there and if that's what you feed what feeds yourself worth and your self-appreciation you know that's it's nothing it can only come from god you know you have to learn to love yourself you know the way that he made you what he made you i mean sure we can all do things to you know be better eat better whatever you want to do but that's not what we're talking about here but anyway let's move on sorry so you also talk about some support groups. What do some of those things look like as far as support groups? Yeah, so we have a men's confidential Zoom support group. And we all have a, also have a parents' Zoom group. Groups of parents come together and find support and encouragement. Yeah, and we do conferences, and we have spoken in just about every setting imaginable. Yeah, so... Um, We would encourage you, if you're dealing with this, if you're a parent, if you're a struggler, go to our website, no pressure, but go to our website and just check out, take a look and see if there's something there that maybe you can relate to. And all of our ministry work is totally confidential. Uh, We really work hard to maintain confidentiality. Uh, If you're not... If you're not comfortable sharing your stuff, we want to protect that right. What are some of the things you want to happen in the small groups? What are your goals there? Authenticity. Honesty. Honesty. Openness. Yeah. Uh, And it's just helpful 
It's all confidential, but for instance, a new parent will come in and her wound is kind of raw. She's just found out that her child is gay. And so she tells her story. And now those that have been in the group for a while, now you see the compassion of Jesus coming forth from some of the older members who gather around this woman whose story is a bit raw. And there's ministry going on. Absolutely. There's ministry. There's comforting. There's compassion. You don't feel so alone. That's right. Uh, And so unlike most church settings, we deal with reality, you know. I mean, we encourage it uh, to deal with shame because shame is a big deal in recovery. And so it's like, hey, come on, we're all on the journey, you know, just be real sort of thing. So one of the things I would say when I, you know, when I think specifically about some of the youth group or young singles that I dealt with, um, one of the things that, that they did a good job describing in that age group was that it really had nothing to do with the sexual side of everything. It had to do with the alternative lifestyle and the support, um, you know, that they feel this, this identification or being accepted, right? And so here's what I'm going to say about that. I totally agree that that is something that often they do experience, you know, and in the same way, maybe you think reasons why a lot of people watched Cheers, for example, why that went on for so long was because of the same kind of idea that they were there. But this is what I'm going to say. If you think that there's just so much love and acceptance there, just try and get out. That's what I'm telling you. I've had those other conversations with the people that try and get out. And that's when all of a sudden the shaming, okay, and the the bullying and all of those behaviors start to really jump in. And that's why you were talking about territory. The, some of the best things to do there, you, you really will come to the conclusion that you almost have to relocate <laughs> to get away from some of these influences because it is a very pervasive type of thing. That Once you're involved, there can be a lot of um, pursuit, right? And there can be a lot of, I mean, they can go after you because, again, that's why I'm telling you this acceptance only goes so far as long as you're in with everything. If you try and get out, you know, and, and decide to follow a new alternative to the alternative lifestyle, which looks a lot like the original, <laughs> right? Then you'll realize that maybe they're not exactly that much love and acceptance there. And in some of the stories I've heard, that actually happens. People relocate yep. uh, to get away from that influence. So this involves major life choices, and some of them are difficult. But um, trust God and go ahead and do what you know you need to do. That's It'll right. work out. Yeah. Yep. So I have in front of me a sheet that talks about <clears throat> the New Hearts Outreach and the resources that you have mm-hmm. available there. Did you want to go over them? Yes. Yeah, so we have been a resource for pastors and churches for years. And we have done something we call the Sunday Gospel of Jesus Christ Celebration Service. And we provide a platform for pastors to give visibility to this issue. Pastors design the service and preach and teach on homosexuality or transgenderism. They're in charge. 
And what we bring to the table are brief testimonies of changed lives. We bring a resource table and we bring a, uh, a confidential prayer, altar prayer ministry team. Uh, and so we're really giving pastors a platform to feel comfortable and we come around them and support them. And we have people who have had experience with this issue. And so, uh, yeah, here's, uh, you know, here's a quote from somebody uh, who, who recently we, uh, we had this, uh, this service. So if there are any pastors that happen to be out there or speak to your pastor, we want to help pastors and churches feel comfortable going there. And each of these services is different. We are very sensitive to the pastor's style, whether it's traditional, contemporary, or however. But it's, it's a way that we can give visibility to this. And guess what? If there's a family struggling in the church that has a kid or something, but they're not talking, what we have found out is these services give courage to those families in the congregation who have been hiding. Because if somebody stands up on the platform and shares their story, they feel confident to go to the pastor for help. So we find it's really helpful. Then we have another PowerPoint presentation. We call it Rhetoric Versus Reality. We've done a variety of these in a number of different settings. And so, yeah, pastors and churches, or get your pastor to contact us. And we actually, for years, have offered a complimentary pastor's resource folder where we unpack these resources, take an hour, and kind of really let a pastor know uh, what resources are available to help. And then young people, are, of course, are in crisis in the public schools. And um, Opening the Door is a DVD, an hour-long DVD, that was put together by a Christian media high school teacher in the Chicago area. And God happened to connect us through a different set of circumstances. And we're kind of partnering now. So... Um, yeah, this is a great resource for your church. Uh, again, contact us and we'd be happy to explain it more in detail. And we'd be happy to offer the complimentary pastor's resource folder if that's something a pastor is interested in. And I know you guys also have worked with Protect Our Children Project, which is trying to bring awareness to what's happening in the schools. And of course, it's very, very active here in Florida, and they're really making a difference, especially with respect to being able to stop some curriculums and to start to change how the boards are working and even getting people on the boards that are more Christian oriented. So I know you mentioned before, you know, that if you're if your child is struggling with some of these issues, you talked about, you know, homeschooling. Yeah, so we have a sheet that you can request with a whole lot of action steps and suggestions. Um, so I was a public school teacher, four years elementary, four years middle school, four years high school, two years college. So what did you I teach. I Just I taught a variety of different things, predominantly music. Okay. Yeah, predominantly music. Um, so yeah, so what's going on in the public schools is no secret. Children are being indoctrinated in our public schools across America. And um, 
the former secretary of the uh, of education of the United States uh, has been seen uh, saying that the public school system in America is in crisis. 60% of students in American public schools cannot read at grace level. Hello, you heard what I said. This, we're in crisis in the public schools in terms of student achievement. Right. And yet, and yet, school systems spend hours each week teaching gender education right. and so on. It's like, hello, what's wrong with this picture? Right, they don't know math, but they know 80 different gender assignments, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so we're really in crisis. And we can offer you a number of uh, resources that will help you get up to date and informed too. So there are problems. So okay, so we, we spoke the problem. So what are we gonna do about it? But I'm glad to report all across America, Christians are standing up and saying enough is enough. Those that wanna be um, homosexual or transgender, they have the right to make that choice. But we're going to save our children from the confusion that they're getting in the public schools. And I read somewhere that God isn't the author of confusion. Did I get that right? I'll have to look. Yeah. I think you did. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So anyway, we have this sheet uh, that we can offer you. And here are some choices, maybe. It's like, consider homeschooling your child. I have attended the FPEA, the Florida Parent Educators Association. This is the homeschool association. Florida has one of the largest, most effective homeschool uh, setups that there are in the country. And these people are on top of things, and they are determined not to let this gender stuff get into their kids. So homeschooling is an option. And there's a sharing kind of a thing. If a parent works, there are ways that yeah, it can work out. Yeah, yeah. co-ops. How, how much do you feel the Christian school is an option? Um, Christian schools are not all the same. Really? If there's an Episcopalian school, and I have nothing against Episcopalians, but they are liberal, and so they're going to teach the same thing that's going on in a public school. Right. So you really have to be careful. Uh, and um, let's go down to the next. And if possible, place your child in a Christian school. Uh, but be forewarned, not all Christian schools are created equal. So you have to ask to see the sex yes. ed curriculum, and you have to be assured the school is conservative biblically. Right. Check the school out with the Florida Association of Christian Colleges and Schools. We've also attended their uh, national conference. And we have some dates here that might help you. Um, and you're deciding whether or not you want to go to these conferences and learn more. Let me just give you the website of the Florida Parent Educators Association. It's really easy. F-P-E-A dot org. F-P-E-A 
www.homeschoolingtoday.org. Go to that website and find out more about the homeschooling. And here's the website of the Florida Association of Christian Colleges and Schools, FACCS.org. Again, FACCS.org. Okay, so uh, here's another option. Consider making your church into a school. Go to this website, publicschoolexit.com. Again, publicschoolexit.com. They have all the legal paperwork that you need to transfer your church into a school. You will see video testimonies of pastors who have decided to do this. They have already changed their church or I shouldn't say change it. It's like they have added to their church a school that happens during the week. <clears throat> and so one, you, one of the other ones I see you mentioned here is that most people are unaware that they have rights with respect to what's being taught in their own schools. So you can actually do the same thing. If you're not happy with the sex edge classes, you have this resource here mentions Pacific Justice Institute. It's pji.org. That's pji.org. And this gives you the ability to get some opt-out forms or Florida's opt-out form. And this is a way of getting out. I mean, that is, it's nice to know as a parent that you still have some rights with respect to what they're trying to teach your children. Exactly. You have control. Parents can go into a school and say, no, thank you. And this, these are the, cl- but the thing is, these days, they have made this gender thing so broad and it's in all the different subject areas so it's almost impossible to opt out a child from all of it but that is an option an option yeah and so we are members ourselves with the protect our children project that's pocp.org that's pocp.org and they are the ones who are helping to spearhead a lot of these changes around especially here in florida but we're hoping that's going to be something that's happening nationally. And there certainly are other people that are picking up this mantle all around the country. Yes, yes. Uh, and so I am blessed to be on the speaking team with POCP. Uh, and it's amazing to see the requests for follow-up. Like in Orlando, yes. 30 requests for follow-up wow. from us. We were in Miami a few weeks back, 12 requests for follow-up wow. there. And so each month we are trying to establish a POCP team in every county in the state Mm. so that we're raising up an army of people to protect our kids. Yeah. So Uh, when you think about sex education in the schools, what are some of the things you think parents probably don't know about? Yeah, well, let me tell you how I first got introduced to this. So back a few years ago, I spoke uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, at the Southwest Baptist Theological Cemetery. What, Uh, the cemetery? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It was a mistake. Please forgive me. Uh, Seminary. And I heard a kindergarten teacher, I heard a kindergarten teacher say this, that the front office came to her and said, we want your kindergarten children to be taught graphic sexuality. And on the spot she said, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, on my watch, that will not happen. And she resigned and she's working with a nonprofit to make a difference in Texas. 
And I was, I was startled. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And so I did more research and so on, and then finally discovered comprehensive sexuality education. There's a website, stopcse.org. Stopcse.org. Go to that website and watch their 30-minute video, and you'll get caught up to date on the stuff that kindergartners are being taught. I, I was not that long ago. I heard a story about a porn star, former porn star, came into a kindergarten to read to the students. Um, not okay, folks. That's not okay. That, that shouldn't be allowed. Um, children that age have no concept or understanding or even desire. You know, it, it, this stuff is produced, you know, in your sexual organs. And that's not happening for a five and a six year old. That's bizarre. Um, I was just talking to a um, nurse practitioner and she decided just recently to take her children out of public school because she found out they were teaching them how to have anal sex. Yeah. Um, you know, I, sorry, this is we're going to talk about it on this podcast because that's not anal sex, but you know. Yeah, no, that's not this podcast, but um, but why are they teaching children this? Or even like um, there was what was it a senator that he was saying when he was a teacher he was teaching pleasure based things to the students. Um, what? What? Why are you teaching my child that? That should not be like. And I don't know how many parents know that. Well, you if know. your body isn't capable of having sex, right? Then how in the world? Can you ask questions about it? How would asking a question, why wouldn't that cause immediate confusion? Right? Or curiosity. Right. Yeah. Right. Because children are curious. They're like, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, <laughs> um, is that something you, you really, before they even have the ability to understand it, want them to be looking into or doing? You know, there's a, there's a reason why education goes the way it goes. Because a child's brain is developing in a certain way, right? And they can't handle everything all at once. That's right. not how it works. The, the brain just not developed enough to understand a lot of that stuff. We're not saying that um, they can't understand everything, but they that stuff, that, there's no interest to try it. I mean, there's no interest in that. It's yeah, just so wild. There is an intentional uh, purpose to sexualize children at younger and younger yeah. ages. And this sets up kids for misery, for exploitation, yes. for sexual molestation yes. and abuse yeah, early grooming. on. And, you know, this is not rocket science. We don't need to be messing with this stuff, period, but especially kindergarten children. This is not healthy. This is, if I may say so, insanity. You know, and child it, abuse. It's demonic. Yes. You know, you yeah. are alienating these children from their parents. They're not allowed to control the narrative of the most important thing. And everybody knows that you can't buy love. And everybody also knows that having sex is not making love. So what part of, of what we're teaching there isn't sabotaging them in exactly these ways? I can hear, Mark, that when you talk, that you have such a heart for these things and for people that are in these situations. I want to know what it would have meant to you to have the kind of resources that you offer as a young man. What would that have meant? A whole different life. Yeah. Yeah, a whole different life. 
you know, we all do the best job we can. And, uh, but I have learned and I'm still learning. I continue to be a learner. There are so many resources out there. We refer to other organizations. Uh, for instance, we had a friend of a wife of a pastor who announced that he was gay. And we don't have a spouse support group right now. Mm -hmm. So I referred those people to Orlando where they do have a spouse support group. So we work together, yeah. That's great. And we all have strengths, and so we kind of play on our strengths. And where we're not so strong, then we can, you know, refer to another ministry. That's great. So important, yeah. I think, because a lot of um, this, what's happening can happen to young men, young women, because they feel so alone. But to know that you're not alone, to know that there's someone out there that maybe has had similar situations that can share with you, right? Yeah. And guide you and help you. you know, yeah. That's so meaningful. And let me say this, uh, you know, if you decide uh, to check in with us and you have some questions, look, there's no pressure. You know, we're not trying to get another client. We've got plenty to do. And if you just want to have a talk and just ask some questions or something, no pressure to sign on the dotted line or any of that. That's we would be happy to be available just to have a conversation with you. Yeah, no obligation. So important and no cost as well. Yeah. So, you know, that is something that anybody that is struggling and, and even it's not just for the homosexuality. He also talks about having relational challenges and that can be anybody. Mm. Anybody that suffered any sort of trauma as a young person, as a child, you know, um, I was telling Kevin that that is probably something I could have dealt with. You know, I, I have some stuff, you know, from based on the trauma that I've dealt with that would have helped so much to have someone to talk to and not mm -hmm. felt so alone. Yep. That's right. And let me say this. We now have, as one of our therapists, an absolutely awesome young woman who really likes working with teenagers and young adults. So we're happy to refer there if that's appropriate. Yep. Awesome. And I know, uh, you know, Mark, we've kept you to the dotted line here, and I wanted to give you just a last second so that I know you're running out of time today, but... Uh, Tell us what you want the readers to remember and some contact information. I just want you to know that God is a God of love. And if there is a listener who has not been saved, who has not given over their life to the Lord Jesus, I would just encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I just want you to know that I need help, God. And I don't have all the answers. So in this moment, I trust you to be my Lord and Savior, to help me find the right answers for me in the right timing. And if you made a decision to give your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ, please let the host of this yes, podcast know. Yes. And know that you're being prayed for. There are people praying for you, and we care. And if we can be a help, please contact us at nhotampa, spelled out, dot com. That's nhotampa.com. And our confidential voicemail line, 813-248-9673. That's 
888-379-9772. God bless you. Well, so many more people in the world have hope. <laughs> and that is exactly what we all need those moments with God, those right. moments with ourselves where we realize that God has restored us. And some things we're going to have to wait on, of course. And that's also part of our faith initiative as we move forward. But I'm just so thankful for the hope that we were able to put out that there is a way out. Yes. Thankful okay. for Mark today. Yes. God bless you, Mark, yes. and your ministry. And we were proud to be able to have you on today. So what a blessing. Thank you so much for the invitation. God bless you all. Bye-bye.
Thank you to our loyal subscribers and listeners. We really appreciate you guys. And we want to let you know about SupernaturalJunkies.com. If you sign up for the newsletter there, you'll be the first to know about anything that's happening with us, any events we might be doing. And also Kevin's book, The COVID Beast is out now and available on Kindle. You can get that on our website and the Audible version, as well as the softcover book, should be out in a few weeks from now. Signing up for that newsletter will get you in the loop to be the first to hear about it. We're also going to be coming out with SupernaturalJunkies.com gear with that cute cartoon logo. Because some of you have been asking about that, we're going to have it on mugs, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as stickers and magnets. If you want in on that, like I said, sign up for that newsletter. Also, if you love our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could write us a review on any of the platforms you listen on or share this with anyone you think might be interested. I know we harp on it all the time, but that's because that review helps us get found. It helps boost us on the algorithm. And that's why we're always asking. So, because we don't have a lot of reviews right now. So that would mean the world to us. Once again, we appreciate you guys. So grateful for you. Thank you and have a blessed week.